second Sunday of Advent, we invite you to join with us in singing our introit. It's number 204 in your hymnal, Emmanuel. Would you please stand? God's gentle, loving peace for our lives. The second candle is called hope, and it is a reminder that God's promises are true. We seek God's peace and hope in this time of challenge and darkness. Come, all is ready. Let the light of these candles called peace and hope bring brightness to your spirits.
watching online, and if you have to be so, we hope that you'll light a candle to acknowledge the presence of God that is with you and also with us in this time. Let us pray. Lord, bring your spirit upon us this second Sunday of Advent. Last week we learned that you offer a peace that this world does not provide. And we believe the same is true for hope. Help us discover that complete hope, that enduring hope, through the power of your Son, Jesus Christ, on this day. Amen. You may be seated.
thank you. Our scripture comes from Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster, to give you a future filled with hope. Well, this Advent season, we're looking at the themes that are shared as we light the Advent wreath. Last week, we talked about peace. Today, we talked about hope. The third Sunday, we will talk about joy and finally, love. And what we're doing is using a New Testament word, a Greek word called pleroho, that means complete or to fulfill. And it's a word that has deep meaning. It's often used to describe what salvation looks like in the life that God wants for all of us. The inspiration of the series came from John 15, 11, where Jesus says, I have said these things so that my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. We'll talk more about that next week. And the image that I shared last week that I'd like for us to stick with us throughout this series is that complete or pleroho is best described with the image of a ship that is driven by sails. And when those sails are fully, fully expanded because of the wind that is now driving you in the direction you want to go is what it means to fulfill or be complete. So let's keep that image in mind as we talk about complete peace and complete hope and next week complete joy. Now, my scripture I read to you today is probably one of the most misunderstood and misused scriptures in all of scripture. By the way, if you want to go for the uh, children's program, feel free to go, okay? When we say, I know the plans I have in mind for you, to the Lord, there are plans for peace, not disaster, to give you a future filled with hope. How many of you have heard that verse before? Yeah, we, we quote it all the time, and it's wonderful. It's a great verse to memorize, and it has deep meaning. It's one of my favorite passages, but it's also one of the most misunderstood because people take it out of its historical context and because of that, it becomes really bad theology. People turn it into a, oh, this, this is a picture of how God has a perfect plan for my life. It's all about me. We misunderstand who this passage was spoken to. So let me set the context for you. Let me tell you how this was shared and who it was shared with so we better understand how we might apply it to our lives. So first of all, this passage was not shared to individuals. It was shared with the whole people of Israel that were in captivity, in exile in Babylon, a foreign land some 900 miles away from their promised land in Israel. They're slaves living in enemy territory. So everything we read in the 29th chapter of Jeremiah has to be seen through those lens. Without that understanding, we misunderstand what it says to us. If you read chapter 28, we hear about false prophets that are going around, even one of them's name, Hananiah. And they're predicting that God's about ready to set them free. And here's the problem. If they follow that advice and they rebel, they will be snuffed out. And it's possible the nation of Israel would be extinguished. And God does not want that to happen. And so he denounces those prophets. And in this letter sent by the prophet Jeremiah to the people in exile in Babylon, he shares that promise 
And if you keep on reading, you discover that the promise is something that will be fulfilled in 70 years. Did you hear that? 70 years. Generations are going to come and go before this promise is fulfilled. That means most of the people hearing this, this promise, will never live to see that. And at best, they're going to die as slaves in this foreign land, or at best, second-class citizens, always being foreigners. And that is the good news of Jeremiah 29-11 to that people. So the meaning of 29-11 is not a personal promise written to you or written to me. It was written to a nation living as slaves in a territory that was not their own. So think about what God has advised them to do. I won't read this whole passage, Jeremiah 29, 4-10, but if you look at the details, he's basically telling them, settle in for the long haul. Go get wives. And better be prepared for your sons and your daughters to go find husbands and wives as well. Because you are going to need to be here for the long haul. And on top of that, he even tells them to pray for the welfare of the conquering nation of Babylon. That's a tough pill to swallow. Pray for your enemies. Because he says your prosperity is tied to their prosperity. So he's telling them, Settle in and become a blessing to these people, even if you don't like what they've done to you. And I know this sounds like bad news, but in the long haul, it is good news. So, how do we apply these words to ourselves today in a different time, in a different situation? So I think if you put this in the proper context, it does give us a better picture of what a complete hope looks like, what God's hope looks like. And the first thing we got to discover is that God's got a bigger picture in mind than just your life and my life. That he has to think about the benefit of the whole world and all of creation and every single person in it. Which means we're not going to always get what we want. So we need to be more we-centered in our understanding of God's will in our life. What's Helpful to God's creation and God's purposes may not necessarily be what you want or like. And there may be some negative things that happen in your life that God's going to use to prepare you to be a benefit to someone else. So you think about that is the gospel. Because think about the gospel that Jesus shared. It's very we-centered, not me-centered. Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. He told the rich young ruler to go sell all that he had and give to the poor. He told Zacchaeus that salvation has come to his home after he's professed that he will give half his possessions to the poor and pay four times anybody that he might have cheated. Jesus gave us the whole of the law is summed up in two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's we said it. So any healthy understanding of God's will for our lives, God's plan for our lives, needs to think about that element of living for others. When we interpret God's will for our lives, we can't just look at the bottom line of how things affect me. We need to look at how the positive and the negative experiences in our lives prepare us to be a benefit to others that God wants us to love and to serve. And not only that, 
But this prophecy is shared with the whole nation of Israel, but it's given a 70-year time frame. Boy, that, that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. We, we live in this very instant gratifying society now. I went Christmas shopping yesterday in my living room. And within a day, all those packages just start showing up on my door. I don't know how they do that. It's so amazing. But God doesn't work like that, people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got the peanut gallery behind me. As much as we'd love for that to be the case, God's timing is not our time. And some of the things that happen in our lives are going to serve a purpose way down the road that we may never fully understand. But take comfort in knowing that God does have a purpose. And God is sovereign over all things, ultimately, in our world. Always keep in your hearts and minds Romans 8.28. These words from Paul, I think, are so helpful. We know that God works all things together for good. For the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Whatever happens in our lives is benefiting a bigger purpose than just ourselves. But here's another good news with this. That means that all suffering in our lives has meaning. That means God's going to use everything that happens in our lives. That doesn't mean that God causes these tragedies in our lives. But God does have the ability to take them and somehow work some good out of them, even the negative experiences in our lives. I've experienced that the most empathic people in this world are what I call wounded healers. People who have been through tough and terrible times, and yet somehow God used those to benefit not only themselves, but become a, a blessing to others. That's certainly been true in my life. So the best way of dealing with the setbacks we experience in life is to see God at work in the good and in the bad experiences of life. Too often we decide that God's punishing us. Or we let guilt become that barrier between us and God. There must be something I've done wrong. Throw that thinking out. This passage tells us that, that is not the case. That God has good plans in mind for you. And here's the final piece develop our understanding of a complete hope. The biblical understanding of hope tells us that we're not immune from suffering and evil in this world. We don't get a free pass from life's challenges just because we believe in God or because we've been obedient. But we do have the promise that no matter where we are, no matter what we're dealing with, God is with us. We are not alone. I want you to think about this. This promise was given to the people of Israel who are living in a foreign land, 900 miles away from Israel. It would take four months to travel by caravan back to the homeland. And in that understanding, in that time, those ancient beliefs, they thought that all gods were local. They thought once you went past the boundary of your territory, your God did you no good. And here's the promise that even though they're 900 miles away, God is with them. People, our God travels. He goes with us. No matter where we are, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're facing, he's with us in our suffering, in our challenges. And even though the people of Israel have failed God, 
God still promises to be with him. If we go out and read the next verses after Jeremiah 21, 11, you go to verse 12 and it says, When you call me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. When you search for me, yes, search for me with all your heart, you will find me. I will be present for you, declares the Lord, and you will eventually end your captivity. These words were included in a letter from the prophet Jeremiah sent the people in Babylon. And God encourages them, build homes, marry, give your children in marriage, plant vineyards, seek the welfare of the city, no matter what your circumstances, wherever you're planted. Grow. God is calling them to faithfulness and obedience in the midst of their suffering. And in the meantime, God will be nearby. They're not alone. Pray to God, seek God, and God will be present in their captivity. And that promise holds true for us too. No matter what challenges you may face, no matter what you have done, you cannot do anything that can drive God away. God will be there for you. Just as we plant a tree today that we may never, that may never provide us shade, we plant those seeds because we know God will make use of them in God's mysterious and sovereign way. So let's find that complete hope today by realizing God's will for our personal lives is woven into the purposes that God has for all persons in creation. There's a bigger picture that God is working on. And let's realize that all suffering has meaning. God will find a way to use whatever setback you've experienced in your life for some good in the future. And let us take comfort in knowing that no matter what we're facing, no matter how we may have failed in the past, God is with us at all times, in all circumstances. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what Jeremiah 29 11 says, especially when we understand context in which it was spoken. So may we apply that with deeper understanding. May we be ready for the ups and downs of our lives and know that it doesn't mean you've abandoned us. You'll be there in your time and in your way. Through Christ who is our Lord. Amen. This time we're going to celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion so if you find your cup Ready? And let's remember that Christ's suffering served a much larger purpose that in the moment seemed to be hopeless for the disciples. But he tried to prepare them and let them know by taking the bread that they were eating. And he broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat this remembrance of Likewise, he lifted the cup, and after having given thanks, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. So now, take and eat. Sometimes I think these things are almost childproof. <laughs>
Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of this sacrament that reminds us of your forgiveness for us. That just like those Israelites, no matter what we've done, you will not abandon us. Your promises will be true. They may be in your time, but they will be true. For all this, we're thankful and grateful that in Christ is our Lord and our Savior. Yolanda Kincaid. I'm the president and CEO of Janus Developmental Services in Noblesville. We serve Hamilton County. Uh, I've been privileged to be a part of this organization since the tail end of March of 2021. Um, I am a Noblesville resident and so have been living here for a decade. Um, and I've, I've worked in the industry of supporting um, people with disabilities and people with different abilities for many years. For Janus and what we bring and provide to Hamilton County, we're very excited to be able to uh, to continue to bring high quality uh, supports and services as well as to be able to build on uh, some of our historical services that we've been able to provide. I am so excited for this year's Christmas Festival of Music and Art. Um, I know that singing carols and our holiday favorites, they, they really do create comfort and joy during the season for many people. It really does have a, a deep and anchoring warmth um, to the season in just a, a unique way. And the Janus Choir has been practicing for weeks now, and so I ran into them, and they, they shared with me that they are ready uh, for this festival uh, coming up on December 12th. Um, so Janus is also very excited to showcase some of the phenomenal art uh, during the sale portion of the festival. That starts at 5.30. The art you will see um, will remind us that regardless of our abilities or challenges that we face, that we all have amazing talents and value, to be embraced this holiday season. So we're so very blessed to be a part of the United Methodist Church's uh, Christmas Festival of Music and Art, and we look forward to the event on December 12th. Starts at 5.30, the concert begins at 7. Um, the Janus family to yours, we wish you a Christmas full of wonder, love, and light. Merry Christmas, and I look forward to seeing you on December 12th. One thing I think I can add to that announcement is that artwork will be available before and after so it's some pretty amazing stuff these great things. A few more announcements to bring your attention. We have the angel tree opportunities. You'll see some trees over to this left side of the narthex, and also it's available in the Great Hall. And these trees, it gets a little confusing because we're helping several different organizations. So here's how we've done our best to simplify this. So if you take an ornament that's cut in the shape of an angel, those gifts are going to the United Methodist Children's Home, which we've long supported. If you see a star or a bell, it's going to the Caring Place, which is located on the east side of Indianapolis, and it's a ministry that rewards students who are doing things to make for a better life year-round, and they get points accumulated for attending those events, and then they get to go shopping with those points with, for the gifts that we donate. And then finally, the layout tree, and if you see a scroll, that is supporting the Birthright and Cicero and the Life Centers and Touch of Love through Riverview Hospital. So all those together. So that hopefully clears that up if you get a little confused. I know I get confused. Uh, our youth are also selling gift cards. And, and these things, if you're buying a gift card for somebody, buy it through them because they'll get a portion of that and a percentage that goes to support the mission trips that we're going to be attending this coming spring in Kids World and this fall at uh, Mission Guatemala. So please uh, support their efforts. Our respite night will be this coming Saturday. I think we're in pretty good shape. We 
have enough volunteers to pull this off, although we could always use a few extras. So if you're interested in helping, want to be a floater, uh, there's some training you can watch online and do that and come help us this coming Saturday night, which provides a wonderful respite for parents and caregivers of children with special needs. We've already talked about the Christmas festival music and art. Uh, let us remind you of the Christmas Eve schedule. So we have four services as usual at their usual times with just a little bit of shifting of venues. So you, if you're used to coming to the same service every year, you know that it's just changed a little bit. Five o'clock will be the family service as usual at Celebration Hall. And then the seven o'clock Christmas Eve service will also be at Celebration Hall and led by the band. Our nine o'clock service will include communion. It'll be held here in the sanctuary, led by soloists for the music. And then the 11 o'clock will be the chancel choir, the orchestra. All of those will be candlelight services, except the family service is going to use glow sticks and glow stick accessories to have a festival of life for the children in safe ways. <laughs> so that's our schedule. And we also can use, if you turn to your uh, connection card, you'll see we need some help with that. We need some tech help, ushers, greeters, help us out. Make sure we pull those off this Christmas Eve. If you're new to Noblesville First, please use the next steps. Uh, online, it's a great way to keep up with what's going on this coming week. It also helps you understand the next things to do if you want to get more connected to the congregation. And if you're new, be sure to find Pam Camplater, who's back, back at the sanctuary. Uh, she has a free gift for you and help get you special information to get you further along and connected with the church family. Uh, please fill out your connection card. Name, best method of contact, and back to find a place for prayer request and the places to volunteer and serve. So please turn that in the offering today. Let us pause and ask for God's blessings on the tithes and the offerings we share at this time. Lord, please take these gifts, both shared here in person and online, and multiply them and focus them, bless them, so that in our giving, we feel the joy of working with you to make this world the way you intend it to be. And to make the lives of your people as you dream for them to be. Bless these gifts. Bless our time, our energy, and our resources as we offer them for your service. Through Christ, who is our Lord.
morning. And good morning to those online who are joining us as well. This morning we'd like to share some prayer concerns with all of you. Sherry Larkin asks that we pray for her family as they await Rob's surgery for removal of a sinus mass that may be malignant. The surgery is now scheduled for December 21st after being postponed from December 9th due to staff shortages. Marilyn Hensley also requests prayers for her sister, Janet McCulley, who was admitted to IU North earlier this week for her poor health issues. Prayers are with the family of Paul Woodward, who passed away Friday evening. Funeral service is at 1 p.m. on Wednesday at Randlin Roberts on Logan Street. And also condolences to Pastor Mary Eileen and Don Spence at the recent passing of cousin Dorothy Spence. We'd also like to celebrate joys where we hear beautiful voices this morning with bells that were ringing and ten fingers on a piano at the same time. Amen. Please share your prayer concerns using the website link to prayer requests or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is also available. And contact your pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line at 
join me in a moment of silent prayer first, followed by a pastoral prayer, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Please pray with me. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and by most Holy Spirit, we thank you for using all people to speak to us in ways we never expected. You know, Lord, I heard a question recently from a young grieving mother. She recalled holding her small son as he slowly passed away. Why does God take babies she asked the pastor that day. Well, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's because God doesn't want him to suffer anymore. She found comfort in his answer and his willingness to sit with her at that time. We know, Father, there is no human with everlasting health. Our bodies are prone to disease, illness, deterioration. Each one of us has a physical end date, not so for our spirit. God gives life, both the physical and the spiritual. Without you, God, we have nothing. No hope for now or the future. No hope for anything. So why does God take babies or any of our loved ones? so they can live with our Father in heaven. This gives us all hope for an everlasting life with you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for sharing your message of hope through other people. This was meant to glorify you, God, and the hope for everlasting life that you give us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you for teaching us the prayer that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power. 
go forth knowing this promise is still true. I know the plans I have in mind for you. Declare is the Lord, they are plans for peace, not disaster, to give you a future filled 